Hello, and welcome to another episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. As you all know, the purpose and goal of this podcast is to bring to the attention of Christians the issue of racism in the church and body of Christ. It's not just so that everyone will look at it or so that everyone would just be aware of it. If that were the matter, this venue wouldn't be needed. But it's so that we, as Christians, will confront this issue and stop denying that it's real. More and more, I'm hearing others with their take on the same topic. Last week, I had the opportunity to listen to a series done by Emmanuel Acho. Many of you may have already enjoyed the former football star series entitled Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. And yes, it is about racism. If you haven't heard of or listened to it, then by all means, I highly recommend it. Some of the conversations with the guests he hosted were not only enjoyable, but insightful and fulfilling. The only thing that I might have changed about this series would have been longer episodes. I just wanted more. The conversations held in those videos brought me to a place where I was once again encouraged and inspired to continue my own assignment with this podcast on racism in the body of Christ and the church. That young man was quite successful with his endeavor to bring about conversations, insights, and knowledge that I would hope although it would be on a much, much smaller scale, to achieve at some point in time through my own production. Emmanuel Acho received many awards for his work, including an Emmy and over 25 million hits within the first week. On one hand, I could say that it's really not about responses, but for me, rather about obeying the voice of my father. On the other hand, however, Although I hear from one or two listeners consistently, as I continue to share and pour out my heart into this work, I still have the desire for outside input, comments, and inquiries that, it would, that at least would convey a true interest from those who listen. And why is that? Because I believe that if there's at least an interest, even a small one that's real, then perhaps there will be an action on some level in some church that will make a difference. Perhaps the concern and responsibilities and members of the church would become evident and rise up. Sometimes it seems that the boldness and courage needed for members, black or white, to stand up and confront the racism in their mixed churches is just not fair. Opposing this issue is something that would have to be done by the leaders of the church or those members who are willing to confront the leadership, not back down and not be intimidated by them on these issues. This is not about hard confrontation, fights or arguments. It's simply a matter of having the open conversations within the church and body of Christ that are needed. I assure you, if you are someone, black or white, in a church where you know racism needs to be dealt with and you remain silent, the time will come when you will definitely regret it. The issue in the Christian church today cannot remain hidden, ignored, and denied. For many in the body of Christ, is as Emmanuel Acho said, and I quote, you can't address a problem that you won't acknowledge exists, close quote. 
It's just not going away on its own. And even with the acknowledgement of an issue within one's own heart or mind, that is not sufficient enough to bring it to the forefront and from under the rug where it's been hidden. The body of Christ needs to come face to face with this evil and drive it from the churches. If Christianity is to continue to thrive and give God his glory, it cannot be with concealed and disguised racism at the helm. There are so many white pastors who are not even far right wing Republicans, yet they refuse to admit that there is the problem of racism in the church and definitely not in their individual churches. Or if they're willing to admit it, they're not willing to confront it. These pastors know that they are members. They are members in their congregations who are not only racist, but literally card-carrying proud members of organizations like the Proud Boys, KKK, and white nationalist races. It's so unfortunate that many would choose to deny something that's staring them right in the face, that's hurting their members, black and white, and that will cause them to have to stand in judgment for not confronting it. Remaining silent on a matter is not only giving approval to it, it's adding fuel and strength to it. But yet, these pastors remain completely quiet. Unfortunately, rather than open conversation on this topic, what I have received from many of my white friends, some of them being pastors, former church members, and followers in the ministry is silence. As I've said in the past, I've been ostracized, criticized, and excluded because of what I'm trying to talk about. The invitations and speaking engagements that were on a regular basis, yearly or even monthly, were shut down. But I know that I was left with no choice but to walk away from the church as I see it today. That was not a spur of the moment decision or one made out of anger. There was much prayer seeking our Father's face, which is something I continue to do. Before I walked away and began this podcast, God allowed me to know to a degree some of the repercussions I would encounter with, this, with the direction he has taken me in. I knew there would be a great change in finances and even the end of some of the relationships that I held dearly in my life and heart. However, none of those things were as important to me as obeying our Father's voice. None of those things were as important to me as my character, honor, integrity, and morals. And as I continue to state, for me to remain in a church, knowing the things that I know and seeing the things that I see, remember, I am still a prophet, it would make me one of the biggest hypocrites in the body of Christ. Now, to be perfectly honest, just one person walking away doesn't say or accomplish a lot, but it allows me to know that I'm taking a stand in the way that I believe God has ordained, not to put myself on the same level or even attempt to place myself in the same position. But I would say perhaps that I know and understand now more than ever what Colin Kaepernick felt when he took a knee and refused to give in. By the way, 
another one of the people in the series, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, was NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. One of the things that he said was that they, the entire NFL commission, wished they had listened to what that young man was saying from the beginning. Goodell said he wished that they had understood the true issues that were being addressed by Colin Kaepernick and that they did finally realize that it wasn't about the flag or a disrespect, but that it was truly racial issues that needed to be addressed, not only in the NFL, but in this entire nation as well. Like Colin Kaepernick, I decided that I could not be a part of an overall organization who not only refuses to acknowledge racism, but ignore the pain and hurts being inflicted by white society. I will not be a part of something that has played a major role in keeping blacks, browns, Jews, Asians, and any other race other than the white race suppressed and defeated. Again, I would be a total hypocrite to join in with those who support and are silent concerning white supremacy in the church and body of Christ. Another guest of the video series, Emmanuel Acho produced with Pastor Carl Lentz, who is the former pastor of Hillsong Church in New York. Two things that I would like to quote from him is, first, it's hard to listen to a preacher preach if you know that preacher believes in systems that are hurting your people, close quote. I would call that a Sila word. That's something that every pastor, white, black, or whatever race he or she may be, should stop, pause, and think about. I've stated time and again that these are verified statistics, that the younger generations are leaving the church in droves. Why? Because of what was just quoted. They can't listen to a preacher preach knowing that that preacher is a hypocrite. They refuse to listen to a preacher who believes and supports a thing that hurts other people. Young people are equating hypocrisy with Christianity. The second thing that was said was, and again I quote, how can you trust someone who claims to love Jesus and profess to teach me about this man, but you're silent on issues that hurt my people, end quote. Those of you who listen to my weekly editions have heard me say multiple times that what hurts me more than anything else is not necessarily what's being said, but the silence of those who should and could speak up concerning what's being said and done. How can someone who teaches about the love of Jesus see, hear, and know of these atrocities, not only in this nation, but even in the church and body of Christ, and still remain silent? That kind of pain is beyond words. When someone is being hurt and a person they love and says love them, sees pain being inflicted upon them, but yet refuses to speak up on their behalf, that hurt causes more pain than the person who's inflicting it. Carl Lentz was asked, why is the white church so silent? He likened it to wanting to clean your house, but when you start cleaning, you begin to realize just how much dirt and clutter has been hidden, and it's basically too insurmountable. 
It's too much to deal with. The mess goes too far, so they would rather just let it stay hidden. But things can only remain hidden for just so long. No matter how one might try to change a fact, truth remains. Just a couple of weeks ago, in order to satisfy the Texas far-right Republicans, it was suggested that the word slavery be changed to involuntary relocation. Involuntary relocation. That is so ridiculous and so wrong on so many levels. I cannot begin to tell you how many things flowed through my mind when I heard those words, how insulting, how offensive and undervaluing to our African ancestors who were forced into slavery and death for over 400 years. And someone dares to suggest that it be taught as involuntary relocation? There are no words to express the level of insult and offense over this. No matter how much they try to make the word different, how much they try to make it look different, slavery was slavery. And nothing can change that truth. Of course, that suggestion was rejected. But just the idea is too much to bear. As we move on in this podcast, I want to share one other quote from the episode with Pastor Lentz, which was, and I quote, churches might be one of the biggest propagators of racist ideologies in our country. This is a fact that I have stated from the beginning of this podcast. The blame of racism falls at the feet of the church and Christians. The same question that has been asked over and over for years was asked during that interview. Why do you think churches are so segregated on Sunday mornings? My personal belief and answer to that question is because there is no trust or belief in the white pastors from black and non-white people with what's being taught from the pulpits on Sunday mornings. There was a trust that had begun to increase with black people and their white pastors over the past generation to somewhat of a degree. However, over the past years, with the lack of justified response to the death of so many of our black people, along with the presidency of Donald Trump, what trust was gained has once more been lost. I shared a couple of weeks ago concerning deceit. A lie is different from deceit in the fact that a, that a lie doesn't hurt or cause as much damage as deceit. Anyone can walk up to anyone else and tell a lie. Once the lie has been revealed, necessary measures are taken to deal with it. And basically, the person who initially lied will never be believed by the person they lied to again. The damage was not as great because there was never a trust relationship in the first place. However, a person can only be deceived when they trust the person who is lying and when one discovers that they have been deceived by someone they trust, the damage is beyond repair. For decades, white pastors have been trusted by their black and non-white members only to find out that they were being deceived 
lied to, and misled by the person they trusted with their very eternities. My next question is, how can you trust someone, believe in someone who you don't know? Why should I trust someone who I only see once a week, maybe twice, and only in one particular setting for two or three hours at the most? In one of the episodes of Uncomfortable Conversations with the Black Man, when interviewing police from the, from the city of Cataluma, California, someone said, and I quote, proximity breeds care and distance breeds fear. Proximity breeds care, distance breeds fear. People that don't sound like each other, look like each other, are not close enough to one another, end quote. If you don't have friends of others, other colors, if white people don't have black friends and vice versa beyond church or work, then you don't have the proximity to other races needed in order to effectively deal with racism. If you're not eating with other races beyond the cafeteria at work or school, if you're not interacting with them beyond church or running into them at the grocery or the gym, then you're not in enough proximity to one another, even if you live next door. And many white Christians want to keep it just that way. Let me be honest. There are some black and white people that I don't want to be friends with either. But it's not because they're black or white. It's because of their character. And that character is the one that I know they have because of some interaction with them personally and not just because of what I heard. When it becomes because of what was heard or thought or even taught about an individual and not because of personal interaction is when it becomes racist and prejudice. And this is what's seen and experienced every Sunday in just about every interracial church across this nation. Because of what has been heard taught and believed for centuries, not because of personal experience or interaction, racism is accepted and embraced by diverse races and believed as true. Mistrust of whites was passed from generation to generation of blacks because of what slaves endured from their masters. White people were not to be trusted, believed, or relied upon. Of course, we know the lies that were passed on in white generations concerning blacks. The story portrayed about blacks in the movie Birth of a Nation, where white men in blackface terrorized white women, was accepted and believed as true by some whites even until this day. Therefore, proximity, physical nearness were opposed, denied, and rejected until the Civil Rights Bill was passed. Of course, now we can, for the most part, go wherever we like, and that includes church. However, for many in church, church is about the farthest it goes. After church fellowship, there is no further relationship for the members to truly allow one another to see and experience the lives of their counterparts. So your black church member lives in an area 
a neighborhood that white church members would never want to live in. Yet, if you really want to understand and know more about your black members, visiting them in their homes or inviting them to your home would be the only way that would happen. Someone said in one of Mr. Acho's videos, and I quote, in order to stand with black people, you must understand the pain of black people, end quote. And let me say that if someone were to choose to visit a member of their church that's of a different race, it cannot be done with the spirit of judgment. It's to be done to learn more of who that person is. It's to develop. Again, I use the word proximity that will allow for a closeness to develop, not just physically, but spiritually and emotionally as well. I remember a dear pastor friend of mine laughing about an experience that he had and some of his black female members when they went shopping together. This wasn't during a Christmas or summertime project for the church. It was just out having fun. The relationship that he has with his members, black and white, is solid. I've seen them eat together, travel together, and there was a time during an emergency situation that they actually had one of their black members live with them. He was not and is not afraid of him or his family being close to them in the church as well as outside of it. But yet, as much as I love this pastor, I still believe that there are those in his congregation who are racist and it's still a topic that will not be addressed directly with the membership. In closing this segment, I would like to use a quote from the show when Matthew McConaughey was a guest, one of the things said during the conversation was, whites and blacks all have it hard, but whites have never had to have it hard because of the color of their skin, close quote. Again, I must say Selah. Pause, think, and consider what was said. White people will never understand the pain of black people if they're not willing to know black people and they will never truly know black people if they don't spend time and build relationships with them outside of the four walls of a church, school, or office where they feel comfortable and protected from what they have been taught, believe, and assume about other races. White people will never know the pain and suffering of Blacks, not just in slavery, but right now with all that is occurring in society as well as in the church. If they're not willing to sit down and have an open discussion on racism in the body of Christ, these conversations are not to bring accusations, guilt, or condemnation, but it is to talk about the truth of facts that need to be addressed. It's to open an understanding among both races that will allow for growth and healing to develop. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. 
I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amieagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook Messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support, and may God bless each and every one of you.